Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. Oh, Bruce. Oh, hello. <laughs> uh, and today is Wednesday, which means yes. there's a new episode of Temple of the False Pod. Yes! And that's what you're watching. Uh... Um, we've, uh, we've been noticing some trends lately, uh, and I'd say, you know, it kind of comes in waves, as most trends do. There's been, I think we reached the apex of the trend away from this, but our topic today, <laughs> there we go, let's get, let's, let's state the let's topic. jump right Combat. Combat. The importance of combat. Uh, there's, there's been a... A trend over the past couple of years where uh, it, it, we've seen a lot trending away from wanting to attack for whatever reason uh, usually to like build up your board state uh, you know maybe you don't have like great attacks and you don't want to like sacrifice things and I think that this kind of all leads to something that seems like a stalemate um, just kind of people Dirtling a lot. The, I mean, the trick with the trick with combat in a multiplayer format, yeah, is there's three opponents. Mm. When when you tap to swing, that creature is now no longer available to block for the next three combats. It's not yeah. good. That creature is no good to you until you get back to your turn. And if you've got three three other opponents it just makes sense you get more value out of your creatures by having them up and available to block on each and every combat it discourages your opponents from swinging at you maybe they'll swing at someone else it there's all kinds of reasons to not actually go into combat um but you have yeah. to make it work you have and to I, make it work and i think that like with that there's a lot of like hesitancy to attack at all i think it, it generally right. ends that end up being then like well if i'm not going to attack with everything why attack uh, and I think we've seen a trend start to come back toward uh, more combat. I think that uh, yeah. the the design of of the cards have kind of lent itself more toward turning things sideways and and going. Uh, right. And I think that with I, I think. Uh, I, I think it's exactly what you said, where it's like it's either you're comboing out or it's your your uh, the the thing you said. <laughs> um, you, you're worried about having three right. people attacking you, um, and I think that you know we could go into the the intricacies of uh, how to attack, um, but I think that that'll be a good topic for another episode because i mean i think it generally comes down to like how obviously you don't necessarily want to attack with everything how much you attack with um but i think that uh there are a few a few things that kind of really bring combat back into the focus of the right. game um that that i've just kind of been trying to like implement in my own in my own play play style mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I've always been one for uh, combat, but um, I think the biggest thing for me is that it, it moves the game along uh, and out of this, like, uncomfortable, like, draw, 
pass, go, like, play creature, go, type of thing. Um, and everyone's kind of too afraid to attack, but if you're leaning on the importance of combat, um, and in general, when I say this, I'm talking about, like, kind of attacking as much as you can, um, even yeah. if it's not necessarily amazing, um, even if it's just getting your chip-ins type of thing, uh, this, for me at least, makes it much easier to politic later game. Because throughout this whole game, you've been, you know, probably kind of like dealing everybody a little bit of damage here and there. And it's not so hard to overcome that, like, like well, if you don't want me to attack you, like, type of thing. Because um, I think, like, later in the game, if you haven't attacked anybody, um, it's going to be hard to figure out, like, you know, how to pick sides, how to figure out, you know, uh, how to go about even, like, it, like poking the bear, I guess. You know, like, if you haven't right. poked the bear at all this whole game, then, like, poking the bear late game is much harder because much more is on the line. A, a more niche kind of thing going on is that uh, it keeps the lifelink player in check. Or life gain player, I guess. Uh, to an extent, obviously. A lot of life gain decks kind of blow up in terms of life gain. And then they're like right. off to the races and it's huge. Yeah. But, I mean, doing any little amount here and there, not only like are they expecting it. So it's not, there's no political harm. But there's right. a, like, it kind of keeps them from getting an insurmountably large way from kind of getting down with everyone else yeah. um which i mean like i guess to an extent is why commander damage is the thing um is because of life game players uh because at some point it's it's gonna be hard to kind of reel them in without just doing 21 to the dome from your commander damage your commander and commander damage is only combat damage so checkmate my thing with with combat generally is combat is going to get you well it gets gets me to a game that I want that I want to play and it sets it up in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Every virtually everything that Wizards does is designed to let you start slowly and gradually build up. And combat is more regulated this way than most other options, um, especially when we're talking about a multiplayer format. So you see, you know, the early game, it's minimal amounts of damage. You're only doing one or two here and there, maybe three yeah. or four. And it's it's a slow increase. And and then as the game progresses, you get more mana. So you're either putting out more creatures to do more damage, or you're getting bigger creatures to do more damage. Generally, when you move away from combat as your, sor as your sor source of a win condition, or combat damage as your source of a win condition, then... You're taking something that regulates the game, and generally you're trying to eliminate it. I mean, mm -hmm. that is the that is the point of a combo deck. Either you're creating a situation where the mana is no longer an issue, or the the volume of cards, or whatever the situ however your your combo is set up to to help win. Which means that the other players don't don't understand how you know what the danger level is. Or how difficult it is to determine where you're at 
if that's the case, then they're always looking to come after you. If you're right. going to be, if you are the combo player, then that's where it's got to go. It, it turns it turns games into arch enemy, or it turns it into oh, Andy's not doing anything this game because his com because he his combo requires twenty mana, right? And he and he hasn't even started to accumulate that. Like there's nothing there. That's that's the only way to limit what you can know about the combo player, and it's just not enough. Well, and then it just kind of turns into a game of gin rummy, you know, like like I like if right. me as the combo player. It's not doing anything. You generally, it's either like, oh well, like he's mana screwed or whatever, or he's just like you know that I'm just holding out until I have exactly everything. And like, as as an opponent of mine, I'm sure you're more willingly to believe that second one of like, well, we gotta kill him before he can just do everything all at once. Right, uh, and if you're facing some someone who has you know, whose deck is clearly combat-based, well, if they haven't put a creature out yet, it, it's because they don't have one. It's right. not like they're going to suddenly go, boom, ha-ha, I win. No, it means they're just not drawing into it. <laughs> and, and it's just, or it's just not there. Now, whether that's a case of mana screw, or they don't have the creatures, or they don't have whatever else, if it's not there, and the game is progressing, but they're not, you know they're just getting farther behind, and then they're going to have to fight to get back. So I don't feel so badly looking at that player who has no defenses and saying, it's okay. I don't need to swing at this person because I want to go after the main, the primary threat. Yeah. And right now, this person without any creatures on the board is not the primary threat. I mean, yeah. come talk to me in a, in a, you know, it's like... When that person with relief puts a land down on the table, taps everything and starts and, and plays out, okay, now you've got to worry because you've given them a pass. But until then, it's they're just behind. And right. it, it's easy to ignore that. The combo player, uh-uh. You can't ignore it. It's just you don't know if they just don't have the piece or if they're waiting for one more thing to just to finish you. So you have to swing in. There is... You know, there is no sense of, of, you know, gamesmanship or whatever there. It's, you got to go, because I don't know when you're going to go off. I have no yeah. idea. So, yes, I keep attacking you, and I can see the frustrated look on your face, but it doesn't mean anything, because I just don't know if you need to be dead. And I think the thing with that, too, is, like, like thinking about specifically combo players, like, I mean, I know, you know, a lot of experienced combo players know this, but, like, if you're putting a more, like, effort into combat as the opponent of the combo player, um, generally speaking, uh, they might not necessarily, like, until they, like, recognize that you are a combat-based player, they might not, you know, use their resources to have defenders. So, like, you can get right in. Like you were saying, right? Um, yeah. But like the other side, as well, has the, I guess the 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 need uh, to to be combat focused to an extent, or at least more combat focused. Um, the the combo player does because they need to make sure that they stay alive long enough. Um, because sometimes right. it's not enough to just 
seem not threatening because people will catch on and and right. um, and I don't want to I don't want to give the uh, you know give them give the mistaken impression when I'm talking you know for this little situation when I say combo I'm I'm meaning you know a set of cards that create a win right but I'm not even including situations where that set of cards is essentially a pile of creatures right. that can each do something that results in the win <clears throat> it there are plenty of combos where it's like oh look i can now drop all of these creatures on your end step and then i'm going to swing and win i i get that those combos are out there that's not really what we're talking about we're talking about the difference between combat and and somebody who is essentially not taking part in combat because their win condition involves something else. So yeah. when I say combo, it's not really a fair statement. It's, uh, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm it's just a little bit. using it. Yeah. Uh, so. But I think that even with that, like, I think that uh, there's, there's a, there's a pressure to, to be more combat focused um, with that, like against that type of player because uh, kind of like what you were saying, like if if it's a creature based combo, you know, like you need to be able to find ways to get rid of their combo pieces, and the easiest way to do that is combat, um, because it, it's you know a lot of the times they're going to be facing the choice of do I take six damage, you know, four right. or five times, or do I just block one of those times, you know, yeah, uh, and lose my creature. Um. Which I think, like, is a lot of fun in terms of uh, how games can turn out. Because as the offense of that, of the attacker, uh, you don't know whether they're going to block or not. Uh, and you're kind of just trying to take the chance that they either will block if you want the thing dead or not block if you want to get the... Like, it's... There's there's right. a lot of nuance there. Um, and I think that uh, what... Uh, what I really like about combat, especially early game, you know, get your chip ins type of thing, yeah. like is that it is, like I said before, makes the politics later easy, but like it also makes the early game combat easier as right. you go. Like, right. like it it makes attacking in general feel less personal. Uh, if you're just like if you do it from the beginning. <laughs> And just continue to do it, do yeah. damage here and there. Great, um, because I—I I mean, I—I I know e even I have been prone to this, where uh, somebody attacks me, and I'm just like, why? Like, it, like t taking it personally, yeah. type of thing. And I think that like what it also does is kind of open up the table to discussion. I think that um, combat in general reveals how you're assessing threat. Um, and while that can be seen as a con, because there's like a bit of, you know, information being, you know, dispersed just in general. Sure. Like, yeah. But I mean, that means either, uh, that means a number of things in, to, your, to your opponents, whether it means, hey, this guy's bad at uh, threat assessment, or this guy's got something, or, you know, all these things where uh, it, it does just kind of generally disperse information to your opponents but i think that like you will never find a a lack of players that are 
willing to say something if you're attacking the wrong person, especially if it's themselves. Um, whether it's just like, hey, why are you attacking me? That guy's got that thing. Or like, hey, why are you attacking me? I'm almost dead. Uh, right. And I think that what combat ends up leading to is a decision to then also listen to them or not. And I think that that kind of also is just like a skill that you yeah. need to develop as a magic player. Right. Um, and I think um, if you're at a table that's not discussing your threat assessment for attacking a certain person, it's because of one of two reasons. One, you're doing it like understandably like hey you've made the correct decision or two you're the threat and then you kind of also get the information back of that it is like are these people seeing me as the threat you know right. um, because if you're at the it, top then you're going it's it, going to sometimes yeah. feel like three against one right even more something i find interesting especially you see it in the early game you get a creature out early but it's, and you're not attacking with it because you don't want to lose it. Mm. And you want to keep it back because if I have a creature, I'm less likely to get attacked. The interesting part is it's amazing how many people don't attack with a creature because they think, oh, he can block when he's never going to. No. Like that first creature that they have out, they don't want to, they don't want to lose it yet. I mean... It's not as though I'm swinging at you with my 2-2 creature and you've got a solemn simulacrum. You want it dead. <laughs> right. So you're going to block. But if it's your commander, you don't want it dead immediately. You just paid two or three mana for it and then you're going to have to pay four or five. If it's something, if, a, if it's a commander that wants to be on the battlefield, that needs to be out there, you're probably not going to want to trade it one for one unless <laughs> I'm sending something freaking amazing at you. And it's amazing how many times people don't consider that in their threat assessment. It's like, you know, I have a 3-3, you have a 2-2. I can swing into you. You're not going to block because my 3-3 will kill your 2-2. You'll get nothing other than prevent 3 damage. Who right. cares about the 3 damage? I expect you'll take it. But if the reverse goes into effect and I swing at you with my 2-2, you're looking at this with your 3-3 and saying to yourself... What's he got? He's got to have something. He wouldn't blindly swing his 2-2 into my 3-3. He just wouldn't. So you look at the board, decide, no, I think he must have something, and don't block. And he gets in for two points of damage. And there's no reason for you to have let that happen. Right. I'm, and like... Just just block. Yeah. What's and the I harm? Think that, like, if, he has, if he plays another spell... He's, he's burning the card anyway. There's no harm in it. Yeah. So. And as many people would write that off as like, oh, well, like, life is a resource. And it's like, yeah. yeah. And now I'm burning those resources for you. Like, like, it doesn't necessarily matter now, early game, that you took two points of damage. Mm -hmm. But you could be at four instead of two later on, you know? <clears throat> or two instead of four type of thing. Um like it, 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 it does have a, a cumulative effect overall, um, because I think that I mean the thing to keep in mind here is that the easiest way to lose a magic game is to be at zero life, and I think that so often, especially in commander, 
Uh, you see, you know, people not necessarily like infinite combos, but like finding a certain pattern to then just be like, okay, like I make, you know, all these goblins and then attack people with them or throw them in, you know, uh, some sort of like sack outlet type of thing. Um, but like it generally still comes down to being at zero life to lose. Um, I think, uh, I think for me, what's interesting is that uh, what I've noticed about taking, for lack of a better term, the initiative to uh, attack early on, uh, it's it it hits playgroups differently, and I think that like even with our playgroup that is generally a little bit more creature based and like does oh, yeah. attack regularly, yep. but like getting those early chip ins is still like shocking to some people and i think that uh like if you if you listener uh come out of this episode it's like you know what i i'm gonna i'm gonna attack more like you may find your playgroup taking offense to that or like you may be like like find your opponents being like trying to find you know trying to get their vengeance or like plot their revenge of like this guy came after me type of thing. And I think that like, if you just continue, like you're going to normalize combat and, and it'll loosen up. But right. Honestly, the early swing and you get people who are annoyed with you because you swung at them early and then they swing back at you. If you can convince your opponent to stop with one swing, all you've done is create a situation where you and that person are now two or three life points below the other two players. Mm. Who's getting targeted next? <laughs> and I appreciate using life totals is not the proper is not is not a good way to do threat assessment. You should be looking at the board state. You should be looking at cards in hand. You should be looking at all of these other things because life total is borderline meaningless. Yeah. As you get closer to the end of the game, you can swing for thirty points of damage. So somebody sitting at sixty and somebody sitting at at forty. You can't look at the 60 life total person and say, oh, they're the threat. No, you're going to have to swing at both of them twice. Right. And that's all that's happening here. Getting down, getting your life total down a little bit just isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's amazing how many people will not swing at you because your life total is down. I mean, all these lands, all the Ravnica duels where you take two points of damage for it to come into play untapped. Mm-hmm. If that's one of your first plays in the first couple of turns, do it. Take the two points of damage. Look, now you're down to 38. Oh, what's the name of the card? Josh Lee, Josh Lee Kwai is famous for it. It's the full send. Oh, Black Market Connections. Yeah. So yeah. you get this out early. You pay the six life. You get all the other stuff. And then stop... And watch your opponents. It's amazing how few opponents are like, oh, they're ignoring the treasure of the creature and the extra card in your hand. And they look at your life total and say, oh, he's only at 34. I'll swing at someone else. Oh, and besides, he's got a blocker. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. That, it's, it's that kind of crazy threat assessment. But, I mean, the point of this is that don't worry about your opponent being angry with you in the early stage. 
Yeah. The only time the only time this becomes an issue is if you happen to be playing with somebody who is first person who attacks me, I'm going to attack them back until they're dead. And honestly, right. if that's the kind of person you're playing against, you should be attacking them first. Attack them first and just whatever and the next game starts and you attack them first again. Make sure they understand this is not a deterrent for you. You need to just stop doing this garbage. Well, and I think too like with the with the black market connection type thing, like that is even more of a reason that if like you're progressing with combat, somebody should step in and be like, "No, attack that person with the black market connection." Because right. that's generating them a lot of value. Um, yes. And they will be less likely to use that value um, if their life total is too uh, rocky, I guess. Um, right. Yeah. I think just overall, like, combat needs to be more... Like, it, it is literally a third of your turn, you know? Um, and you like it needs to be considered more than just like oh like if i attack these people with this and that person with that like then i don't have any blockers and you know worried about the crackback and like yeah sure i think that there's like there's value in at least leaving some things back um or at least like assessing the whole board but i think that like so many people are too timid to just like turn a few things sideways, do a bit of damage here, do a bit of damage there. Um, let your opponents know like that you're, you're just, you're going to do it. Cause like it's, it's part of the game. Um, and I mean, like I said before, like if, if anybody is like calling you out for your threat assessment, whether you know, you agree with them or not is an, an, an entirely other issue. But, like, I think that, in general, like, stick to your choice. Uh, right. Don't let them affect you too much unless you're just like, oh, yeah, of course. I forgot that I, they had this card type of thing. Yeah. Um, but um, I think overall, like, if nothing else, combat makes you feel like you're affecting the game. So, like, if you're flooded or if you're mana screwed, then, like... Just participating in the combat step will just at least make your game feel worth it. Um, I think there have been plenty of games where I'm just like, ah, I haven't done anything. And it's like, well, you can do something. You can affect it even minorly. Uh, and combat's like an easy way to do that. Um, right. I just, w- I just want to see the game progress. And I like to see it progress in a linear style. It's part of the reason why I like combat. It- yeah. You, you know, you can see the end getting closer. Right. You know, yes, yes, there are plenty of games where that end getting closer means, oh, we've progressed 3% towards the end as opposed to a bigger chunk as a, as a game would move a lot faster. But you see it's coming. Yeah. And you know that, you know, a handful of things need to happen, then all of a sudden everything starts to, starts to run faster. I love this style of game. I want a game where I get to get a chance to participate and chat with friends and uh, and do table talk and and you know say ridiculous things and and you know all of that sort of thing. That's 
you know, that's one of the things I love the most about, about uh, you know, four-player magic games or multiplayer magic games is just yeah. you get a chance, you know, you get a chance. I mean, half the reason I'm here is, is to hang out with friends. And I feel like a, a combat step that's being actively used in every game yeah, makes for makes just generally makes for a better game, and I appreciate there are plenty of people out there who love the combo, who love the idea of being able to put it together and sort of just hang in there and defend themselves as best they can until they can finally combo out. Oh, for sure. And ideally, yeah, and I, I mean, they understand why they'd be being attacked too. You know, like I think that that's the yeah. big thing is like everyone understands why you would attack. Um, it's it's a common thing. People yeah. see the creatures unless they've got haste. Um, and I think that, like, overall, too, like, I don't know, like, I, the, one of the biggest things that I've learned from using the the idea that, like, I should always be attacking, or at least, like, even right. just a little, uh, is that sometimes it doesn't bother people as much as you think it would. Uh, like, sometimes, a lot of times, there is no crackback, or sometimes... Uh, there's a bigger influence on the game than you would have expected. And it generally, like, can sometimes, a lot of times, most of the time, have effects that you did not anticipate. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I think that uh, combat's great. Um, and honestly, <laughs> talking to you about this, uh, makes me realize why you you hate the uh, gold meadow, the the plane chase uh, in the goat Morwen. plane. Yes, yeah, yes. Because it, it it like if everybody has a, a handful of zero threes, nobody's going to be attacking because they'll just bounce off each other type of thing. Like it's that's when combat becomes stale and boring. But like, right? You know, but that's that's when having the vigilant, yeah. the vigilance creature. That's when having a creature with, well, with flying, obviously, but that's where you, that's where you see flying, trample, vig, yeah. and even haste are all su- supremely relevant for for your combat step and to relieve situations where where you've got a you know where you've got a state a stalled board state. It's amazing how you'll watch and the opponent is like, okay, I have worked this out. And this many creatures is going to be perfect. I can handle this swing or that swing or this swing. And then the next turn, somebody plays a hasty creature, and all of their plans are now out the window. It's like, oh, I was not expecting you to have that many creatures that could swing. Yeah. Or or you get a vigilance creature, and it's like, okay, well, my creature is available to block anytime, but I can also swing. I just need to find somewhere where I can swing where it's not going to die. I Yeah, I just... I love the combat step. Love me a combat step. It's a good it one. Adds, it, it just it brings so much, and Wizards is doing everything they can to make sure that uh, to make the combat step and make swinging at your opponents something that you really want to do that will really push the game, that brings the game forward and keeps things moving. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm, I think we see it in as much as like every iteration of the monarch that we have so far i mean we've got the monarch yeah. obviously we've got the initiative um these types of things where like it incentivizes you to attack i mean even to an extent dethrone is mm-hmm. 
you know, good for this. And I think that, like... And the ring bearer does it as well. What was that? The ring bearer. Yeah, the ring bearer. Or, uh... What is it? Uh, Goad. You know, like, it's it's putting this emphasis on combat, especially for multiplayer formats like Commander, uh, where, like, it, it... just like just do the thing feel good about your choices yeah. and then move on uh-huh. right if you don't think swinging and doing points of damage to your opponent is is incentive enough wizards is doing a whole lot of things that is, <laughs> that is upping that level of incentive yeah. incentivization so whether it's drawing the extra card or getting bigger creatures or doing something whatever it's there it's growing you know take advantage of it it's wonderful yeah um, it's all I got for today. It's all it's all we got time for, honestly. So, uh, yeah, go go attack people. <laughs> uh, go combat people uh, in your commander games. Uh, you'll feel great about it. It'll move the game along, uh, and you'll learn from the mistakes that you make as well. Uh, but without making those mistakes, you won't learn. So go do it. You'll thank me. Um, and uh, thanks so much for listening. We're in Temple of False Pod, where decks are not optimized, better plays. Sure is hecker fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. And uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, hey. And if you're not, hey. Uh, yeah, thank you again. Have a great night. May your fifth land be the temple. Bye. Wait, wait. Before you go. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at manaburned and I'm at andyweekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel, Uh, like a video there, leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!